We've got another good one for you on the topic of ransomware. This time it's about how to prepare for a ransomware attack with an incident response plan. Hope you enjoy the episode. You could restore it all. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restored All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my super expensive vacation planner coordinator. How's it going, Brisana? I'm doing well, Curtis. How are things going? Are you excited? <laughs> I, I am excited, um, uh, and my wife is starting to get excited. I started showing her some pictures a while ago and she's been like downplaying it. Like she doesn't want to get excited. She wants to be sort of excited, but I needed her to prep for the vacation because this is, so this is, we're going to the Maldives, uh, which for those that don't know is a series of islands off the Southern coast of India. And, um, and, and I'm on one of those islands and it's a tiny Island that literally we could walk from one end to the other in probably about 10 minutes um, and, uh, we're staying in one of those, uh, for the first couple of nights, we're staying in one of those things over the water. Like oh, the our, villas over our, the, yeah. The villas over the water with our, we have our own pool and then right on the other side of the pool is the ocean. And then for the rest of the week, we're staying in a, a deluxe, um, beach, uh, villa, which basically you, you have your own private section of the beach. Um, I mean, it's really, Fancy. really cool, uh, but it's the <laughs> first place we've ever gone. What's that? Can I stow away in your luggage? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looks really cool. Um, and, uh, we're very excited. I'm just trying to, you know, what happened was I saw this movie last week. It's really kind of funny. It, it's a horror movie called infinity pool. And it was about a book author who goes with his wife to a resort island. And I watched it. And one of the things I said, I was like, wow, everybody's really nicely dressed there. Maybe I should have my wife look into the way she should prepare for the trip. Because if she shows up in, you know, whatever, and then she sees everybody else dressed some other way, she's going to be really mad at me. So that's the phase that we're in right now mm. is, is um, Shopping. Looking, at their, looking at their Instagram account. <laughs> So this is what we're doing. We're looking at the island's Instagram account uh, and looking at the way people dress there. And uh, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, they're, um, I, I will say everyone on their Instagram account looks a lot younger than us. But, you know. Have you not like, heard about Instagram filters? Oh, speaking of, did you hear? Mm -hmm. I know you're a big movie person, Curtis. But they're making mm -hmm. a movie with Tom Hanks and someone else. And they're going to use AI to make them look younger. Really? Yeah, I can't the, remember who's to make who look younger. Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Or someone yeah, else? Tom Hanks and someone else. Yeah, yeah. I I don't remember the name of the movie or who the director was, but I read that somewhere the other day. I was like, I should tell Curtis. AI, AI is going to be the death of us. That's a whole <laughs> other podcast. Um, <clears throat> Which is go listen to Curtis's other podcast, other other podcast with you yeah, and Jeff talking yeah. about movies. Which is yeah, we uh, it's called the things that entertain us. And, um, the, uh, yeah, so, uh, not too many episodes, but yeah, basically we end up mostly talking about movies that we've seen. Um, and, uh, I'll be talking about in our next recording about this, this movie called the infinity pool. Um, anyway, it's, um, an interesting movie. 
So speaking of interesting, we're having our a repeat guest. And um, we, we had her on uh, a few weeks ago and we got talking about ransomware, one of our favorite topics. And we, we, we got into this phase where it was like, you know what, that that is a great conversation, but there's no way we could we could do it justice on that recording. So we said, hey, we're going to have her come back. And uh, she is uh, she's been in the industry for quite a while. And she's been specializing in, uh, she's done VMware. Uh, she did now she's, she's working. Uh, she's starting to specialize in security and ransomware. So we're, uh, and she is the author of the vmiss.net blog. And we are excited to have her on the podcast again, Melissa Palmer, AKA VMiss. Yes. How's it going? Thank you for having me back. It's going good. <laughs> I was surprised that you were like, oh, I'll come back on the podcast after like, yeah, that was I come back. <laughs> well, thank you but for being back. It takes a lot more. You said it. I've been in, around this industry for a while. It takes a lot more than that to scare me away. <laughs> and Curtis, I think uh, now might be a good time to put out our normal disclaimer. Yeah. Persona and I work for different companies. Uh, he works for Zoom. I work for Druva. This is not a podcast of either company. And the opinions that you hear are ours. Also, be sure to rate us at... Uh, uh, rate this podcast.com slash restore. And um, if you want to join the conversation, reach out to me, by the way, I, I got to give a bunch of ways because I, I got some complaints and people say, well, I don't use Twitter anymore. So how do you give your Twitter address? So my LinkedIn is, you know, linkedin.com slash li slash Mr. Backup. Uh, you can find me there. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, Facebook messenger, but my email is uh, W Curtis Preston. Uh, my Facebook is W Curtis Preston. I'm pretty easy to find if you're looking for me um, and reach out to me and we'll get you in on the, on the conversation. Yeah. Um, the, uh, this, this thing of responding to a ransomware attack, this is something I've been spending a lot of time on lately Yeah. Uh, because I've been, I'm, I'm working on writing my next book, which will be about responding to ransomware attacks. You know, one of the things that you said in the pre-call was that if if the first time you're thinking about responding to a ransomware attack is after you got a ransomware attack, mm, yeah. it's not so good, right? It's not so There's good. a lot no. of, yeah. In fact, when I was looking at the sort of the outline that I've been working on for the book, most of the outline is the first half, right? Everything that you need to do before, right? Um, and that's, you know, it's like, you can't just talk about ransomware recovery, right? Like right, it's, it's, right. it's a hard topic to talk about because you're like, right. there's all this other stuff that if you haven't done it, guess what? You're not going to be able to recover. So we can't just talk about recovering. It doesn't work that way. Right. It's sort of like, I, I've made the joke uh, a, a few times, probably on the pod, where I've said, listen, you know, I've been in the backup industry, you know, a long time. I, I've decided to give up backups and I'm just going to skip straight to restores, right? <laughs> you can't really, you can't really do that. Uh, just like I've also said that if I'd have known how great grandkids were, I would have just gone straight to them. Um, <laughs> but not, not really possible. That's not how it works. Well. Yeah. Yeah. This is a but, really good um, analogy though. It really is. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> By the way, you want to know a little, little sad thing? So my granddaughter and her mother and and her husband uh, are. This is their last day <gasps> in my house. I was going to ask you about that. They're living here for a while, and they're moving out tomorrow. So mm. we'll we'll sad moment. We'll sad moment. Aww. Um, 
but uh, anyway, so, you know, sorry to bring that down. <laughs> so let's talk about what, what do you think, Melissa, let, let's sort of go through <sighs> those things that we really needed to have done before. Try to set the stage a little bit. Like, does everybody remember like the disaster recovery tests? Like back in the day, you go to the colo, you got the check the the clipboard, you make the checkbox. Isn't like I don't know. You play Doom for a while and eat some food. Someone (laughs) restores a server, and it's like, well, it kind of worked, and we're good. That's how old I am. Um, So, and then you're like, oh, it kind of worked. So we passed our DR test, but we can't actually recover. Right. So what you need to do is actually do a ransomware recovery test where you actually recover everything. There's a novel right. concept. And when you do that, you're going to figure out all the stuff that you didn't do because it's not going to work or something's not going right. to whatever. But it, it's, you know, talking from the backup lens, because I was at Veeam for quite some time, um, something I talked a lot about with Veeam customers was, you know, trying to understand the whole recovery process. Because if I'm the backup admin and we get ransomware, I don't just go start restoring stuff all over. <laughs> Like, that's not what happens. It's not like, oh, no, right, so we're tech. Let me start restoring servers. We'll be back online right. in 20 minutes. Like, right. it doesn't work that way. Um, you have to figure out what happened before you can start restoring. You have to figure out what happened. You have to figure out if the threat actors are still around. You have to understand what was impacted. I have heard a lot of people say, um, oh, well, we treat ransomware different, and we just recover in place, so we're good to go. And I'll go Wait. back to the little VMware. Yeah, I'll go back to the VMware ransomware thing. Well, if your VMware environment is ransomware, guess what? You're not recovering in place because there's nowhere to recover to. Uh, so it's understanding all those different things. You need to have some kind of understanding of what happened before you can recover. And that is generally driven by the incident response process, which is going to be driven by the security team. So again, right. if you haven't talked to the security team before ransomware has attacked you, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Or vice versa, if the security team hasn't talked to you about how backup integrates into that process. Oh, that's really scary. Yeah. That's really, that's really disturbing. It's actually really, I think that's scarier. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, it's a, it's a combination, right? Well, you know, uh, yesterday, I think that was yesterday. We recorded a a great podcast, uh, by the way, with Tom from Gestalt IT. Um, that, that, uh, no, uh, networking nerd. Networking nerd. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, we were talking a lot about the networking side of the, mm. the response, right. Shutting yeah. down things, um, and, and using a combination of technologies, many of which are easier to use if you, if you yeah. set them up, up front. Right. Yeah. And, uh, talking about things like VLANs and, uh, you know, like one of the things we talked about was having a VLAN for all of your desktops and laptops so that if you want to stop everybody from doing anything, you just shut off those VLANs and boom, um, there, you know, instead of having to notify 5,000 users, Hey, stop doing anything. You just shut off their network. So they can't, they can't do anything. And then if stuff is still happening, um, well, it's not the users, right? It's, it's malware, right? Back to segmentation, you know, Yeah, you, the, the network segmentation and the, the security yeah. part. I think um, wh- what role do you think the? I'll ask you what you think before I say what I think. <laughs> so, what role do you think cyber insurance companies and then the the companies that they can put you in touch with? The so the actual- cyber insurance is becoming more and more interesting because it gets to the point where they hand you the list of things you need to do before they'll issue your policy. And guess what? You're going right. to probably be able to cover anyway. Um, 
But a big part of I've seen in a lot of policies lately is having um, basically an instant response firm on retainer ready to go as part mm -hmm. of your policy. And I think right. that is invaluable. I think everybody should have some kind of relationship with an IR firm if you can't do it in-house. And uh, even if you can, right, sometimes you do still need that outside perspective. I know a lot of larger orgs are like, no, no, we do our own IR. Well, you do your own IR, but you're not dealing with ransomware every day. And these people are. So you might want a little bit of help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I hate I, to do it, but another another movie reference. I just saw the <laughs> the movie Plane and, you know, the plane goes down in the middle of nowhere and they brought in plane. the guy. They brought in the incident response guy. Basically, once he showed up. Right. <laughs> See, there's a movie reference for everything. I, but, haven't, I can't um, tell you the last movie I've watched. I really can't. I don't even I know. Can, I can I can pull up my app because uh, I have the Regal Unlimited. I can tell so you the last I, thing I watched. I can't tell you the last movie I watched because I don't remember. I, I, yeah, I I saw like three this week. So <laughs> in yeah. in the theaters. So back to the cyber insurance from movies. Yeah, we're talking about cyber insurance, uh, I, incident yes, response. Yeah. That's what no, we were talking but, about. But but I think. <laughs> Well, this is one of the points that I remember, because remember when Tony came on from Spectrologic, Curtis, and yeah. he was like, oh, my God, they got hit with ransomware. And he's like, just the previous month, they had signed up for cyber insurance. They had an IR firm come in, give him sort of the list of, hey, here's everything you need to do to help recover. Right. And yeah. he was like, that was probably the most valuable thing of that sort of cyber insurance policy was having the and experts I think who could walk it you through. And and it wasn't even like he, he was just lucky enough to have already you know contracted with them right. Yeah. But the best I think would be to well yeah. not that you would know this but to do it not a month in advance but obviously yes. way in advance right and to get and to give you some time to work with the incident response team and to make sure that you're doing the things that they want but, you but to do. But that's like that's like the problem right like. It's not if it's when, and you don't know when. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week. It could be next month. It could be next year. Like you don't know. It could have when. been three weeks ago. It could, yeah, and you just haven't realized it yet, right? Yeah. Do it today. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, which is why it doesn't matter when you invent a time machine. <laughs> you know, I have bad news to you. What? I haven't invented a time machine. Because okay. there are certain points I've always yeah, promised to myself, if I invented the time machine, I would go back to this point and tell myself I invented the time machine. And if that hasn't happened, I haven't invented it because time is not linear, right? So <laughs> yeah, I haven't invented a time machine. I'm very upset about that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, but, um, well, this has been a weird... It's been, it's, we've been jumping in and out of the topic here on this podcast, but... So, incident response. <laughs> yeah, so we, we we get the cyber insurance folks because I think in the in the initial ransomware phase, what people thought of cyber insurance was just a company to pay their ransom for you, and that they're definitely saying they're not interested in anymore. Yeah, and there's more yeah. costs beyond the ransom, right? So you paid right. the ransom, but what about everything else? Um, that's the thing, and policies have changed over time, like. Back in the day, a couple of years ago, right? Like before the <laughs> pandemic, uh, it was like easy to get cyber insurance. Like, oh, yeah, I'll take a cyber insurance policy for $5 million, please, whatever. And now right. it's hard. And yeah. if you do actually use your, I've seen a lot of cases where if you actually use the insurance policy, guess they you? what? They don't necessarily drop you, but guess what your deductible becomes? What they paid for your last ransomware attack, right? Interesting. So if I had to pay $2.5 million, guess what? I now have a $2.5 million deductible for my next attack. Because let's Ouch. face it, 
we get IR in, right? We figured out what happened. We have to recover it. And then there's a whole stage where we have to do a postmortem, figure out how they got in, if they're still in, and close up the gaps. That doesn't always happen because people are so like, oh, our VMs are back online. We're good to go. Happy day, happy day. And they get hit again because they never fixed the way they got in in the first place. (laughs) What what do you think about the idea of, uh, and again, this would be driven by management. And, you know, a lot of times, like you said, management isn't necessarily at that moment thinking about the the best way to do something. They just want to do the fastest way to do something. Right. Right. So th- another thing I've been looking into is the idea of wouldn't the best practice to be to figure out how they got in before you do the recovery, before you turn everything back on. Yeah. And um, that that's where the IR firms come in because like they'll kind of get in and they'll be able to do that. They'll be able to say like, you guys are so messed up. You didn't have any logging enabled anywhere. Like we, we can't tell right now. Right. It really depends on what happens in that first phase. Um, it, yeah. And it comes back to kind of getting ready for the attack and what kind of security practice you have in some places. Yeah. We could see people can figure out, uh, throw in a tool and say, yeah, guess what? They came in here. We know we're good to go. Other times they might not find it just because there was never. They came in, they went out before you even knew. Or never under or it. We didn't, yeah. You know, we didn't have logging on yeah. or whatever. Or they turned something off or. Logging is a beautiful thing. And, and also a system to get those logs off prem. Yeah. That's right? what people like because... forget about. Like, yeah. who cares about the logs? Like whatever, they're logs. No, you're, you're going to care about the logs yeah. someday. I promise you. Yeah. I mean, even if it's something as simple of making sure that the logs are represented as text somewhere that is then backed up by the backup system so that you can restore all of them. That's basic, but there are systems that you can buy that will just automatically uh, exfiltrate all of those logs for you. Yeah. 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 I want to go back to a point you made earlier, Melissa, about sort of, okay, how do you make sure that you fix the things that broke? So everyone isn't like, hey, my VMs are back up. I don't need to worry about these things anymore. Have you heard any cases where I know sometimes executives have sort of financial liability Right. To I've insuring. heard of that trend, right? Yeah. Like your guess what? Your bonus is tied to yeah. your ransomware or not and how you recover it and stuff like that. That's starting to happen in some places. Um, but a lot of it comes down to maybe the processes were never clearly defined up front. Yeah. Right. And that's where a lot of the cyber insurance stuff can actually come in and help. Well, they'll be like, You need to show us your, your response process. process. Yeah. And they'll be like, here you go. And they're like, okay, so where's the rest of it? Or something like that, right? Like, what, what happened? Like, this is it. Like, here's a page. Like, it's not going to work. Um, and again, it comes back to um, the old school DR tests. Like, there needs to be ransomware recovery tests and postmortems of that ransomware recovery test, right? Like, y'all need to get in room and figure out what worked, what didn't work. Having done the old school DR test, I'm curious as to how they do a ransomware recovery test because one of the hardest parts of a ransomware recovery is that the attacker is, they're still attacking. Like with a DR, you just say, okay, those six systems are dead. So yeah. So here's where it gets complicated. You need to test multiple types of recoveries, right? So maybe I'm recovering. Please. I I can't even, I will vomit in my mouth if I say maybe I'm recovering in place. I can't even say that. that. But like, maybe I'm going to my second site. Maybe I'm going to a warm site. Maybe I'm going to a hot site. Maybe I'm going to a public cloud. Maybe I'm going to a VMware cloud. You got to test all those, right? Because you don't know where you're going until that incident response phase starts, especially when law enforcement gets involved, right? So let's say stuff's really bad. The FBI comes and guess what? We are quarantining your whole data center while we investigate. Then what do you do? Mm. 
you're down for business right, what do you, otherwise. What do you do? Yeah. No, you go to public yeah. cloud, you go to um, a service provider, you go someplace else. So you have to have all that ironed out ahead of time. You have to know that there's different considerations for recovery from a ransomware attack than a traditional disaster. Yeah. So I guess, you know, from a traditional disaster, like what if the zombies eat both data centers, right? Yeah. Then you would still need to go to the cloud But or people probably aren't thinking about that though, right? The fact They're that, not, hey, maybe no. the FBI will come quarantine, right? No. Do you have your backups offsite? Do you have it in some place that you can bring it up? And like you mentioned earlier, Melissa, it's like things you should plan for ahead of time before you get to the point where you are trying to recover from ransomware. Exactly. And again, unless an organization, so I have a couple of examples of, I don't want to say DR done wrong, but uh, I worked for a uh, company when I was an intern on Wall Street and everything was in New York City and 9-11 happened and they were a block from the World Trade Center. That's what they couldn't, they couldn't do anything. Like they were done, right? Like they were just done. So they like rebuilt their systems in a hotel room someplace, right? And that kicked off a huge project to say we actually need a second data center and it needs to be not around here right um i'm also on the east coast right so new york hurricane sandy we had this hurricane roll through and again like the data centers are like 20 miles from each other guess what <laughs> they both tanked um right. so things like that so until an organization actually has something happen to them it's really and here's the issue the the, the difference between disaster recovery and ransomware recovery when we talk about it traditional disaster recovery stuff until it happens it's easy to accept the risk, right? Well, you know what? It's cheaper for us to just like recover from this disaster and be down for two weeks than it is to actually put everything in a place where we build a second site, yada, 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 et cetera. That's because mm -hmm. the risk is so low, right? And there's all kinds of equations for this yeah. in you know, right. cybersecurity and stuff like that. Well, when you change it to ransomware, the risk is going to, it's going to happen. Like a probability of one, it will right. happen. Um, and that's what people don't understand. Like, this is going to happen. It's not like you can say, like, well, you know, we haven't had a hundred year storm ever, so we'll be fine. Um, it's different like that. And a lot of people, I've actually seen a huge uptick in people getting ready. I don't think a lot of people are where they need to be. Um, but I think as people get ready and it gets harder and harder to attack people because they've put like some semblance of security in it, right? You're going to go for the low hanging fruit. You're going to see the people who aren't ready get hit harder and you're just going to see more and more attacks. So, and the threat actors are going to have to get more creative. So here's a question for you. Normally, when we think about backup and recovery, right, it's always about restoring your data or your application because there might be a hardware failure, an application fault, user right. error, et cetera. Sometimes people talk about ransomware in the same context as disaster recovery and yeah. sort of those hardware... Ransomware is a disaster. I but, should have but, trademarked that. But here's the question, though, Melissa, is... Like you had just mentioned, it's not the same as no. a flood or a hurricane mm -hmm. or something like that. And so are we kind of pushing ourselves and kind of giving people the false impression that it is similar to those other disasters? No, I don't think so. things that they shouldn't worry about versus we should be treating it similar to like an application failure or a user failure and treating it similar. It's like more towards that side of the spectrum than this side. And, you know, that all falls under DR anyway, like hardware failure and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, and again, in a lot of those cases, it's easy to say, well, you know, I don't really want a second site. It's just yeah. cheaper to deal with the hardware. It'll take, we'll rush order. I was in a situation at a company. We'll just rush order at a new array from EMC. That will solve our problems. <laughs> like that was the plan and that happened. Um, so crazy stuff like that. But the problem, why I like to make the analogy so much is the problem is when you tell someone that you have to get ready to recover from ransomware, they're just like, I don't know hmm. what to do. You have to put it in some context that kind of makes sense. I mean, 
disaster recovery is definitely like not sexy, even though I've done yeah. it most of my career. Um, but it's something that everybody has an inkling about, at least, right? Everybody kind of knows that there is usually a DR test once or twice or a year at a minimum. Right. Um, so it's a way, it's a starting point, mm. right? It's not your final destination, but it's a starting point it's to a- start context. Maybe you have some playbooks, some processes that we can leverage to go build on top of that and say, okay, so how do we make sure that we can recover now under any yeah, scenario? I like, this, I like to say that it's a subset, right? A DR is mm-hmm. a subset of a ransomware recovery, but there's so much else, right? And the big thing, the, but, and I think you said it already, Persona, but the big thing to me, the difference between a DR and a ransomware attack um, is that the, the disaster isn't over. Right. You're, you're still, right? I like when that. It, the disaster right? never When ends. a flood is gone, you're like, okay, all these servers got wiped out. So those no, are the ones because the restore. threat is still there. Just because you recover yeah. from the ransomware attack doesn't mean they're not going to hit you again or someone else is going to hit you. Right. Well, and and how do you even know? Um, <laughs> you know, like when, you, when, when a hurricane wipes out a data center, you're like, okay, those are the servers we need to restore. But how do you, when you walk in your data center and there's a ransomware attack going on, how do you even know which servers have been affected or not affected, right? That's, well, that is a big part of it. Yeah. And I guess the other thing is even like you might see the active infection, like things are being encrypted, et cetera, but it might just be lying silently, right? We've talked about dwell oh, time in the past, yeah. right? Where they it's just, just kind chill. of waiting. They just exactly. chill in there for a while. Like who knows? Um, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember reading like a big name breach or something like that, or a big name attack. And they said they were in the network for like six months or something. I think solar winds was like that. I don't remember, but I remember reading a couple of them where they've been in there a significant period of time and who knows what they're doing in there. Right. Like who knows unless you catch them. So it's about catching them. Yeah. The meantime is something like 60 days actually is what I, what I read. Um, I'd be be the worst ransomware person. I'd be like, I'm in, I'm in, let's go, let's go. It's like, no, you're not supposed to do that. You got to take your time and traverse through the network and get AD. I'd be like, let's go encrypt VMware, let's go. I'd be caught so fast. Or maybe I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't. You're only caught if someone's monitoring and watching, right, Melissa? Right. And you need to be looking for the right things. Yeah, as, yeah, as soon as you encrypt a, a VM, uh, you're, you're going to set off alarm or two. Um, but I, I think you can encrypt. All, I think you can encrypt a lot of files that no one's looking at, right? But the moment you start encrypting, oh, once you hit the the, the thing, yeah. the only thing is, when you'll hit, you'll catch. Hopefully, you will be caught as soon as you start encrypting the VMs. You do them all at once, so it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, right. Because it's, it's I got all of them. It doesn't really matter quick, that you caught right? me doing yeah. the first one. I did them all. Um, yeah. But yeah, so generally they're in there wreaking havoc, steal, maybe exfiltrating data, doing some stuff before they go encryption happy. Or maybe like I've heard cases recently where they don't even bother like encrypting stuff. They're just stealing data at this point. Be like, by the way, right, what right. Do have? Is that easier, by the way, to steal data? Because it seems that you can sort of fly under the radar if you just steal data because people will probably, maybe they notice, maybe they don't, but it's not as obvious as, say, It's definitely uh, not as obvious as encrypting stuff. I'm like this weird monitoring nerd, too. I had, like, this monitoring fetish at being that was very strange. Um, so, like, I would, like, really hone in on, like, what to look for to catch that, too, right? But not everybody is crazy like me. Um, right. I think, network monitoring, I think, right? You should be able yeah, to Yeah, I do... Th- uh, to answer your question, Persona, I do think that exfiltration as an overall process is easier in that if you can get any data out, the, there's, you, a, like, there's a much higher chance that they will respond, that they will pay the ransom, right? Because backups aren't going to help. I'm looking right? at my black hat over there. I'm wondering if I should like put it on for this discussion <laughs> or something. 
Um, like um, you would probably like yeah. to see, like, all right, like if I'm a bad person, I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. <laughs> um, like they start small, right? They grab a file here and there, and they see if they get caught. Grab if a anyone notices, grab yeah, this, grab that, right? Like you don't go and just be like, oh look, here's the file share of. 25 million gigabytes of mp3s i'm going to take it all at once no they're like picky and choosy they try to find the sensitive data they take a little bit here and there maybe they only need to grab a couple spreadsheets right it's not like right i think there's this misnomer that like they get in there and i'm just going to start downloading massive chunks of data well, like well that's yeah. the whole point of the so you could actually trade a the, vm just like download the vmdk and be like hey, yeah I got your whole exactly <laughs> have a nice life but that, that's that whole phase of the um the initial phase of an attack is trying to expand out, seeing oh, yeah. what you can find out, exactly. seeing if you can find a spreadsheet called customer database dot XLS, right? And if you can, like, you might not bother encrypting everything, but if you can't find much, you say, all right, I'll steal some stuff and tell them I have some files, but I won't tell them what, and I'll hope that'll make them pay, and I'll yeah. just go you know, right. encrypt some stuff while I'm at it. Yeah. Which is more illegal? Is one more illegal than the other? <laughs> I think they both are pretty bad, right? Is one more illegal than the other? Well, they're both extortion. Yeah. Um The act, the act of stealing it, right? Yeah. That's going to depend on where this happens, uh, whether or not exfiltrating the data is a different crime than than damaging the data. Um but the but in, the the extortion happens on both sides, right? And that's definitely right, illegal yeah. in definitely pretty much every jurisdiction. Out there. Kids. <laughs> Don't so try this at about, home. So we talked about incident response. You've now been hit by a ransomware attack. In and let's just take VMware environments, right? So what do you see people doing? Like, or what are things that they should be doing that they're not? Like, how do they even approach this? Yeah. Right? So, so your VMware environment thing. gets encrypted. Now what? <laughs> um, to me, it's trash. I would throw it away and start over. Like, I'm not even joking. Throw it away. Start no, over. It's trash. And, 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 and how I much... Wouldn't... And and how much would you when you say throw it away? Are you talking about throwing away the virtual machines, throwing away the ESXi the servers, host. wipe the... the host, wipe the storage array, wipe it all and start over? Um, and here's the thing, right? So like, you know, I, I like it. I have this weird side of me that it also does like weird blogging stuff, right? And like, I like SEO and stuff like that. And even in my career at Veeam, people are like, how do I back up my VMware host? I'm like, you don't. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you don't. Um, you automate the build process yeah. and the configuration, right? You don't actually back up your host and restore it. It's you just rebuild the whole it. thing. It's yeah. a clean install and you configure it. Um, so that's what people need to be testing too, is how I would actually recover is almost a misnomer because personally I would trash it. Um, how do I re rapidly rebuild a VMware environment? And that's something that people don't do every day. Right, like that stuff runs. Like you might have not even reinstalled. You could have just been upgrading for the last like ten years right. and like whatever. Probably not ten. Probably four or five years. You get a new host. I don't know. It depends. Um, so that's something that people don't practice and don't do. Um, and you can actually do that all for the most part um, in a nested virtualization environment. Get yeah. all your processes down, stuff. So it's a pretty low. I mean, you should test on your physical hardware at some point for any drivers and stuff. But it's actually a relatively low cost and effort thing to figure out. It's not rocket science. But when you do this testing, wouldn't you also want to involve, say, like your networking team, your storage team? Yes, you team, want to, any of this testing, team. you want to involve anybody, everybody. Okay. 
right? Everybody should be involved in this testing. Everybody. And that's, I think, one of the biggest problems we see that they're not. So when you say busy, they're like, I don't have time to do this. When you say rebuild the VMware environment, um, obviously Mm -hmm. you're talking about VM, you know, wiping the hosts and and the storage and all of that. When we get to the phase of actually bringing back VMs, Mm -hmm. what way would you do that? Um, So most backup software these days have something built in where it'll actually scan for ransomware as you're mm-hmm. restoring, right? And right. find the ransomware if it's there. Because at that point, you know what you're infected with, so you know what to look for. Um, right. So I would be either scanning it or, you know, if you have really good, um, and then you can decide how you're going to fix it or you're just going to go back to an earlier point or whatever. Um, you know, some people are really good with the IR stuff and say, we know the ransomware came in this date, this time. We are absolutely a million percent certain because we have all these logs go back to the last known good restore point, Right. Um, so it really depends, but the backup people are going to be a big part of that, right? Because it's going to be what tooling yeah. they have and what I, capabilities do they have built in. This is something I put a lot of thought into lately. Of if the mean time of a of a you know infection is sixty days, and some of them are twice that. Ooh, yeah. um, the the idea of of Data's saying, oh old. well, we got we got infected December first. So we're going to restore to December 1st. That's a non-starter. It doesn't always work. In some cases it might, in some cases it won't. And then you're going back to scanning. So um, you've got, you've got to, I think in most cases, if many, if not most cases, you're going to do a restore and scan. Yeah. I've seen kind of almost like two stage recoveries to like get the bare minimum of stuff, something up and run, something online up and running, right. Mm -hmm. To restore services and then do the full recovery later. So, you know, you might be like, all right, so you know what? We can roll these servers back to December 29th. We can use the newest copy of the database. We can mash it together and make it work and serve our customers while we're actually restoring everything the right way. Rackspace. So <clears throat> it depends. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's what I thought of when you, when you, as soon as she said that, I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Just make sure. Burn. Unlike Rackspace, just make sure that you thought of this beforehand, right? The only way that this is going to work is if you identify what are the three services that need to be up right away so that we can function as a company, and what are the other 20, 50, 100 and services that, that can kind wait? of um that ties almost more into like the business con you know BCDR get yeah. together a lot. That's yeah. almost like yeah. the business continuity. So like, what are our key applications, and what level of what do we have to do to get those online first? Comes back to our RPOs and RTOs, right? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I, the thing I, I think is, it's, it's a, such a big discussion that unless you've had it cross-functionally with the business owners and the app owners and the infrastructure owners and the security team, you're not in a good place. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's just, it's one thing to have a discussion, again, going to DR versus RR, um, <laughs> is that it's one thing to go, well, what are the servers we're going to do first? And what are the, what are the servers that we're going to do three hours later? Yeah. It's a whole other thing to say, what are the servers we're going to do the first couple of days? And what are the servers yeah. we're going to do next week? Right. I, and I think that, that's the problem, right? You don't know until it happens. Like if, if, right. you, if it's your whole environment is done, right? right? That is very different than, oh, we know just, they just did this subset of servers or whatever. It's, and Which, like we were, um, 
the company, I worked for a company that I no longer worked there. It was a, uh, I was a customer and they had a, a very, they were one of the first really, really big ransomware attacks in the news. And it was like a disaster. I was like, wow, I'm glad I'm not on the VMware team anymore there when this is going down. Right. Um, but it really depends and you don't know what's going to happen. The only thing you can do is be as prepared as possible, right? Test different recovery methods. Um, and I love RPOs and RTOs and saying that we can meet them under a testing scenario, but in the real world, <laughs> we don't know that that's going to happen. Yeah. One of the things on the podcast we talked about a couple of days ago was um, like Tom was mentioning, oh yeah, you just shut down your network and you start figuring out, okay, what it was affected you got. But in what and you prevent everything go, from going in and out. And I was like, but how do you communicate, right? And he's like, yeah, make sure you have ahead of time, sort of use cell phones. iMessage can work. You can set up a separate Slack instance completely outside of the corporate environment, right? Whatever it is to keep that ongoing communication going. <laughs> can you imagine, going. like, uh, how am I supposed to use Microsoft Teams to communicate with a security team? Well, that might be Office 365. That might yeah. be okay. It's a bad example. Yeah. Um, as long as you have a... As long as you have a um, an internet connection, right? Yeah. Um, which is pretty easy to get but, these days. But like who has people's phone numbers these days? People with incident response plans. That's who. <laughs> yeah, that's but, but aren't there issues though where ransomware actors might still have access to your Slack instance and be monitoring what's going on from an incident response I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen, I have seen that happen where like they still had access. It was Teams, I think. They still yeah. had access. They were watching the IR stuff yeah. happen as they were still in there hanging out. It's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, this like, ransomware it's stuff a, is bad, Melissa. Is, I'm just going to take bad. that stance. It's bad. It's bad. And you don't know what's going to happen until it happens, which is why, and it ties back to incident response, right? And having an incident response firm on retainer that does this every day, yeah. right? Because right. I, I don't care how good, even if, like, okay, let's say you drop Melissa into XYZ company and you put her in charge. Right. Do you, are you going to repel down a rope from a helicopter? Because that would be. Yes, really cool. I'm going to repel down a rope from a helicopter. <laughs> drop me in, right? And say, Melissa, get ready for ransomware. And six months later, you hit me. I would like to say that I'll be able to recover, but I don't know that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That. It doesn't matter how good you are. You're not doing this every day, yeah. right? Like, so unless you're doing this every day, because every attack is different, it's going to be like, what have these people seen in the other events? What, what ransomware gang have you been hit by, right? So I can put everything into place that I think I will need to make sure that we recover. And yeah, honestly, we'd probably recover all our data. I don't know if we would need our RPOs and RTOs. I'm pretty sure I could get all the data to the recoverable point. Yeah. But what well, was exfiltrated? How do they get in? All that kind of stuff. Um, you don't know, which is why you have to call the pros. You have to call the people that do this every day. Is there sort of a standard ransomware recovery test that, like, that kind of outlines like, hey, here are the things, because I can imagine, say you yeah, can't you afford into... the pros, say you can't afford the pros, right? Mm -hmm. Is there sort of a, here are the testing scenarios you should be thinking about, or here are the things that sort of get shot in the head when a ransomware recovery, I, I kind of thought about ransomware something hits? like that. Um, Google tabletop exercises, like ransomware yeah. recovery, disaster recovery tabletop yeah. exercises, right? That's a good place to start. I've thought about doing like a Dungeons and Dragons yeah. style type, like ransomware recovery. Yeah. With the actual fun. people. Yeah. With like, you get the I, networking security. I backup. think that would be fun yeah. and useful. And you know what? When you make things fun, people actually pay attention. Yeah. Right. So like if I get you all into and be like, today we are going to talk about ransomware recovery <laughs> and have a mock simulation of what would happen. Be like, okay, you're a paladin, you're a warrior, uh, you're a mage. 
an adult black dragon just showed up and encrypted your VMs. What are you doing? Yeah. Right. Like you make it you're going to have so much fun. Yeah. You're going to remember it and it's going to work out a lot better. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, by the way, one of the things, you know, we talked a lot about prepping. One of the things that I think also in terms of, we talked about exfiltration monitoring. I also, uh, like the idea and we talked about it on a couple of different episodes, this idea of, um, something on your DNS side that would notice when you start talking to really weird domain names. Yeah. Right? That's a big domain one. And there's all these lists. Are, um, a lot of these researchers long. will just like tweet, like, by the way, domains looking a little hot, a little sus, you might want to block that stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's these lists yeah. of these like known bad domains and IPs and stuff like that too. Right. Yeah. And, and the other, uh, but I, I do think that if, if you implement exfiltration monitoring, if you have a specific exfiltration monitoring, I think you could stop or, or notice it quickly and stop it. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm hearing from others is that not everybody can afford such a thing, right? No. Um, that, that, a lot of know, people can't and, afford it or they don't have the skill set to build it themselves. Yeah. And you really want right. to be building, maintaining your own security systems? Probably not. No, um, but a lot of people do, right? Yeah, because they have no choice. It's better than nothing. Like I've done some yeah. weird stuff with some weird software because it was better than nothing. Um, it, it's really a difficult point to be in. And it's kind of like, you know, you all these people put out these, um, all these uh, security companies will do all this research of like, here's the top ways they're getting in and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of marketing that goes into it, but there's a lot of truth, right? So like, I think the big thing was the people for a long time. The people let it in, you know, multi... Where was it when this whole Cisco thing happened? That was like um, MFA, right? They got yeah. in through their MFA because they kept spamming them. Eventually, they said yes because MFA, like, stop yeah. calling me at eleven o'clock yep. at night. Um, now they're saying, oh, it's more vulnerabilities than people, right? So honestly, I feel like the people might be easier to deal with than the vulnerabilities. <laughs> I don't know um, because then it's going to be like testing the patches. Can we patch everything? Can we remediate everything? It's it's just like what are the areas that you can find within your own organization? To be quick wins because you want to prove that you can win to your management so you get more money and can do more projects. So you need like right. a balance of quick wins to prove progress and high impact, right? What are the things that I can implement that will have the most impact to reduce the risk? And you're never going to get the risk to zero. Right? There's a, a lot of people say that like assume breach, right? Like assume they're going to get in. So we can do all yeah. this security stuff. We can do all this backup. And backup is basically assuming they're going to get in. Right. Like we're not backing this stuff up because we think our security <laughs> is so great. Like we're assuming that it's the last line of defense. We're going to need it. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it is trying to mitigate what you can in a way that makes sense for your organization, because we can't have everybody working 20 hour days doing this either, or they're going to be too fried to make mistakes and yeah. people are a problem. Um, it, it's difficult. It really is hard for any organization. It's what can I do with what resources I have and CYA, right? If I'm, I'd probably be doing a lot of CYA when, you know, they tell you it's too expensive and you can't do that. Well, you better have that documented. So when you get ransomware, not like, Melissa, why didn't you put in that security system? You told me we didn't have the money. You don't know what's the current hot way that they're going to, they're, they're going to attack you. You can't stop all uh, mm -hmm. vulnerabilities. You can't stop all st stupid user things that stupid users are going to do. Um, and, um, and, and so you, I do think that you, you have to assume breach, right? And so you do have to do some things in your network 
that are going to tell you when the bad guys are here. Um, and that we stop it as quickly as we can. Can we make a movie about this, please? It'll be ransomware. Nobody, it'll only be exciting to IT people. I'm going to have chat GBT write me a movie. I've had to write (laughs) me ransomware Hallmark movies. I kid you not. (laughs) I'm just saying. Have to educate Uh, myself somehow. Uh, my wife would watch it if movies. we make it a K drama, <laughs> make it a Korean drama. Um, Ooh, that would be good, or like a Bollywood ransomware story. Yeah, I, there was a ransomware attack in a K drama that uh, I don't know if you saw. It. There's one called Startup. Um, no, but now and, I have to. Uh, there, there's a there's a a really big incubator in Korea in this movie, um, and this group of people they they do a startup there and right at the crucial moment they get they get a ransomware attack um and and it was because some people did some dumb stuff they cut some corners you know and so they got the ransomware hit and the tech wasn't bad right um there i've actually seen a lot of there was uh the good doctor that's the one with the guy that has he's on the spectrum anyway they they got they got they got a ransomware attack Grey's Anatomy did one. one. Uh, The Good Doctor did one, and the tech wasn't bad, right? Uh, I just, I just hate it when it's like, (laughs) like when you watch. I don't know if you ever watched. Did you ever watch The Net? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That tech was bad. All I know is I was, I don't know. Maybe there's some Hallmark movies going on in my house, and it was on in the other room when I was cooking dinner, and my ears perked up because I heard something about an engineer. And it was the dude right. who was the engineer. I was like, oh, I had hopes for this one. So <laughs> Hallmark, if you are listening to this, I would love to be your female lead in a ransomware movie. I think that would be so much fun. Come on. Come on. Happy ending. They, we, we the question from is, how can you incorporate a small town with a business that's, you know, on its last legs? And then totally. maybe that would work. Instead of a rant, instead of a... Uh, you know, a big bookstore coming into town to shut down your little bookstore. It's the ransomware attack shuts down the little, the little bookstore in the well, small Or it town. could be at a doctor's office. And yeah. Right. Or a local hospital. We could do a yeah. local hospital. That would yeah. be fine. Yeah. Small town hospital. Only yeah. thing for miles. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's the big city girl that knows, um, that knows about ransomware to rescue the little small big town. Big city girl leaves her job at a software <laughs> company, goes back to her hometown. <laughs> To go out on her own. <laughs> Just saying. Um, this can stuff you tell I've itself. seen a Hallmark movie or show? Or I, show I, I, or it's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> I'm just going to say that uh, around Christmas, there was a thing going around. It was like Hallmark movie generator. And I looked uh-huh. at it and I went, this is my life. Oh my goodness. I'm <laughs> yeah. a Hallmark movie. This is so cool. <laughs> they are kind of predictable as storylines. But but yet, they've yet to have a ransomware attack. Um, Come on. I'm behind Disappointing. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, um, speaking of disappointing, um, you know, I hope, hope you, hope you get, folks like this episode. I hope I wasn't I a giant some, disappointment. I, uh, uh, I think, I, no, I think this was a good episode. Yeah. Um, and I like, I think, you know, we covered a lot. We also had a little bit of fun. I love that. That's actually my favorite kind of episode where we, yeah. if it's just straight talk the whole time, it's boring. <laughs> um, and, um, this, this was good, a uh, good, good smattering of both. So um, I think the one thing we're getting away from this is the best way to respond to a ransomware attack is to respond to it before it happens. Yes. Right. Talk to people, mm-hmm. talk to, you know, talk to a incident response team, a cyber insurance company is a good way to get one of those, um, you know, 
do all the the those the ransomware recovery scenarios, right? All the different scenarios from uh, the the backup and recovery standpoint, right? Um, and um, and do some kind of monitoring, logging, logging out, right? Saving log, your log, logs, logging. getting the logs, logging log. log I can't I can't say that. I can't log, say it log, that quickly. Logging. Yeah, logging, logging. I can't. I don't know. My tongue doesn't do that. Anyway, um, and then also some kind of monitoring for what's going on in your environment that would set off alarms when a ransomware, you know, initial phase is happening, because uh, that's the key to start to stopping it is to stop it. Yeah, get it fast. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Melissa. Thank you. And uh, thanks, Persona, despite the fact that you were the cause of all of our technical problems. I'm sorry. Hopefully not anymore. Sounds like a Hallmark movie. Sounds like a Hallmark <laughs> yeah. movie. Just thanks, Curtis. And enjoy your vacation, Curtis. And thanks, Melissa, yes, for enjoy. joining us again. My pleasure. All right. And thanks to our listeners. Uh, you know, you're the reason we do this. And be sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all. Good.